Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of the Fans for Sports Network. Thank you for taking the time and spending some time with me to start your week. I got to be honest, this weekend was nice. How nice is it when the Steelers open up the week, week nine, Thursday night on primetime, and they end up winning, and so then you can just sit back and relax and enjoy the weekend until people on Twitter are coming at me saying like, oh, Joshua Dobbs looks great. Oh, one of our can I said, can I just enjoy one weekend of football with the Steelers already won? And the can I just do it one time, please? And then they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, we can just enjoy a weekend of football. So let's we got a lot to discuss here. You know, I know that a lot of you might have thought I was going to have a guest. I thought about it, and I was the one that actually chose to not have a guest this week. It had been a long time. It's been all the way back since the offseason that I had just a regular 30-minute show with no special segments like the mailbag or anything like that, no all bets are off, where it was just me and a microphone and you, the listener, and me giving you my thoughts. And so I went kind of deep here. I went kind of deep with both the fan base and the team and talking about the crux of these issues that both the fans and the team have currently as they head into the second half of the season. Eight games into this thing, where are we? But before we get to that, we do have some news to discuss. I always bring that up on all my podcasts since I have three shows a week in the morning. Fines galore continue across the National Football League. Several Steelers got fined. And when that first wave of uh, fines were levied, it looked as if Deontay Johnson wasn't getting fined for his very, very open commentary about the fan, the uh, I'm sorry, not the fans, the officiating in Week Eight's game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, he did get fined. He got fined twenty five thousand dollars, twenty five grand for criticizing the officiating in the NFL. Hey, he had to know that was coming. 
He had to know that was coming. Mike Tomlin had to know it was coming. You know, it's just, it's the nature of the beast. You want to voice your opinion? That's fine. It can come at a cost, and that cost was $25,000. Over the weekend, everyone was freaking out about George Pickens because George Pickens, oh my gosh, did you see what he did on Instagram? He changed his picture. He t- he archived photos of the Steelers. He unfollowed Mike Tomlin. I'm, I'm sorry. I said this on, uh, if you follow me on Twitter or even on our YouTube feed now, I've started to add them there. My Steelers grilling thoughts. They're like one minute videos that I do if I'm outside grilling. And I just said, you know, I, I honestly don't care about George Pickens and I don't care about his social media behavior. Is he, is he being immature? Yes. Is he probably never dealt with this type of adversity in terms of football before? Yeah, it's probably new to him. So he's whining a little bit. Okay, the team's got to talk to him. Mike Tomlin's got to talk to him. And you hope that the the young man figures it out. You also hope the young man makes plays and he doesn't have to complain about not getting the football. But to me, the George Pickens thing, I'm just going to move on with my life. Everything about this story is what I hate about today's sports. It's what I hate about social media. When so-and-so goes in and checks how many followers they have and who's following him and who he's not following To the people that do that, I can only give you one bit of life advice. Go get a hobby. Learn to play an instrument. Go learn a new sport. Go for a run, a walk. It doesn't matter. Do something better with your time. I just don't understand those people, but I know that's what they do for a living, so I'm not going to say anything. So George Pickens, to me, non-story. AFC North football, I am, hey, look, Sunday Night Football, that is the Bengals and Bills Clearly, I'm recording this before that game kicks off. I'm not staying up until 12 o'clock at night to record this podcast. So I have no idea what the outcome of that come out. That I don't know. Let me get this. Jeez, I can't talk this morning. I don't know the outcome of that game yet, but I do know that Baltimore blew the doors off of the Seattle Seahawks at home. I believe that I think it's only one loss in Lamar Jackson's career against an NFC team. That is absurd. That's insane. Bill Cowher put it best when he said these NFC teams, they, they don't know how to prepare for it. They, they don't know how to prepare for him. It's such a unique task. The Steelers know it because they have to face him twice a year. The Browns, the Bengals, the same. AFC teams will play him more than the NFC. So these NFC teams, they get absolutely flustered when they play Lamar Jackson and they win. Baltimore looks really, really good right now. Cleveland, they blow the doors off of Arizona, shut them out actually. Good for their defense, I guess. So no help for the Steelers in the early window of games, we'll see if maybe the Buffalo Bills can keep the Bengals down in the division. All right, so let's talk about the issues. We've all got issues. Let's get that out of the let's get that out of the way right away. Right away, we've all got issues in our own lives, in our own personal lives, in our work lives. It doesn't matter what life you're talking about. We all have issues. We can all agree on that. We all have issues. But for this Pittsburgh Steelers team and their fan base, Man, they've got some real serious issues, and we need to talk about it, both the team and the fan base. I think it's time to uncover both. Let's shed some light on these issues, right? And I want to start with the team. In the first half of this show, we're going to start with the team, and we're going to talk about what are the issues that the Steelers are having right now. Are they going to be fixable? Is this something that we could look forward to, like a turnaround? Think back to last season, how they did have that turnaround towards the end of the season. And then in the second half, we're going to dive into the fan base. That's going to be dicey. That's going to be dicey. But still, let's talk about the team first. Let's start on offense. We're just going to do offense and defense to keep it simple, to keep everyone focused on the task at hand. On offense, 
the quarterback has to be better. That's an issue. You talk about team issues, quarterback on the offensive side should be paramount because it's just not good enough. It's not good enough. Kenny Pickett's play, he does have those fourth quarter heroics. Can't knock the guy for that. He's done a great job in crucial moments. But then there's all those other moments that can muddy the waters. And you look at the game on Thursday night as a prime example. And I said this, Kirk Herbstreit's doing his job. Called him out. He said these are these are throws that an NFL quarterback should make. How high schoolers could make some of those throws. And I'm not... I'm not saying that Kenny Pickett is awful and the worst ever. I'm just saying that some of those throws were really beginner-level throws, and he was missing them. The quarterback play has to be better. Now, what could equate to the improved play of Kenny Pickett? Well, I'll tell you what the next issue is, is that the offensive line has to improve as well. That's an issue. It is an issue. And I don't think that it's horrible. I do think that it's sporadic. You still have these games where Isaac Sayamalu looks great. You think about the touchdown run with Najee Harris where he pulls, has a beautiful lead block for Najee Harris as he runs in the end zone against the Titans. You have those type of plays. Then you have the plays where Isaac Sayamalu looks like he's blocking Johnny B. Air and it gives up a pressure or a hit or a, or a sack. Dan Moore, again, sometimes he looks great. Sometimes he looks like he's never played tackle a day in his life. This is the issue with the sporadic quarterback play there's also sporadic offensive line play is there a correlation I would say yes Kenny Pickett's happy feet Kenny Pickett always looking around the eyes not really following his progression in his reads if he trusts the protection I think all of that kind of solves itself the next byproduct of the offensive line is not just the protection of, of Kenny Pickett but it's the running game The Steelers' running game finally showed a sign of life against the Tennessee Titans. Finally! It took long enough, but you had both Jalen Warren and Najee Harris running hard and almost having an even split to carry. 16-11, to I believe, Najee Harris to Jalen Warren were the final tallies. Hey, good for them, for good for the offensive coaching staff and Mike Tomlin for saying, let's get these guys both an opportunity. They bring a different skill set. I have said it since the beginning of the season. This is not a an either-or proposition. This is a both-and proposition, meaning you're going to need both of these players. So why are you trying to pigeonhole yourself into only one? We can use both. The fans can root for both. We can have that. So the running game is going to be absolutely critical down the stretch. Kenny Pickett needs that running game. In the games where the Steelers run the ball even remotely well, He has a better game, better output, better consistency. You name it, it's better. That's got to be one of the foundational pieces for this team coming into the second half of the season is they have to run the ball better down the stretch. And let's also not forget something else. The playmakers got to make the plays. You know, George Pickens is over there crying over spilled milk, and he's he's not celebrating with Deontay Johnson. Whatever. You wish you got the football more. Great. Guess what you also did, Mr. Pickens? You didn't get your other foot down on what is relatively, I would say in the NFL, that was a very easy catch, toe tap, touchdown. Let's move on with our lives. Everyone's happy. I scored a touchdown. I can celebrate. I can post whatever I want on social media and everyone's going to check it. Make the plays. You have to make the plays when they're presented to you. And here's what's crazy about the offense. And this is tough. This is a tough truth, but it's one that we all know to be true that this offense is so fragile, that this offense is so sometimes anemic, 
that if they if a play does present itself, you have to make that play. Does that put added pressure on these players? Absolutely it does, but you got to make that play. You have to make that play. So while Steeler fans will say, well, you know, get them next time, so so to speak, at the same time, the plays have got to be made when they're there. So the playmakers have to step up, and they have to make plays when it matters. Will they get a Pat Fryermuth return? I thought about the health of the offense. Yes, you could talk about Anthony McFarlane potentially coming off of injured reserve, but I, I think about Pat Fryermuth, and he hadn't been involved much in the offense before being injured, and maybe it was because he was banged up. A lot of people said the chest injury that he suffered in week one uh, really hindered him. I don't know. I don't know, but I don't want to get too excited for Pat Fryermuth to be this guy that's going to come back and say, I'm here to rescue everything. I don't know if that's going to be it. I'm not sure that's going to be Pat Fryermuth's return to the Steelers. I just don't trust that this offensive scheme and game plan is going to even utilize a guy that could be a mismatched nightmare if you used him properly. I don't trust that to be the case. So therefore, I'm I'm not going to put too much stock into a Pat Fryermuth return. The issues are clear. The fix is a different story altogether. Because now you're not just talking about players executing, but you also have to bring in the schematic aspect of the game, the play-calling aspect of the game. And I I can't say, you know, yes, Matt, Matt Canada goes down to field level and they play a little bit better. Great, fantastic. It Did it pay off? The players seem to think it did, so we'll, we'll go with that. But ultimately, you have to be able to show that you can do it on a consistent basis, that you're never just going to be able to just, oh, well, whatever, we're just going to poo-poo this and we're just going to move on. It just is not that easy. It's not that easy. So let's go to the defensive side. Not as many issues there. But defensively, there are issues. You talk about injuries. Minka Fitzpatrick and Cole Holcomb. Cole Holcomb's done for the year. Uh, Man, they're saying that he's going to have a full recovery. But I I don't even know what the injury was because I never really saw a good replay. I'm sure it was ugly. They didn't even show it. But those two injuries, you've got the quarterback of the secondary, Minka Fitzpatrick. The fact that he didn't go on IR is a good thing. He should be back sooner rather than later. But losing Cole Holcomb, that's going to put a lot of pressure on Quan Alexander or it's going to put pressure on Alandon Roberts. I really hope it doesn't put a lot of pressure on Mark Robinson in terms of getting people organized. That's not their MO. So we'll see how that goes in terms of communication. This bend-don't-break style that this defense is really hanging their hat on right now, is it sustainable? That's a question that I really don't like to go... I don't like to go down that road, so to speak, too many times based on the fact that if I think enough about it, I keep on thinking that it's not sustainable. And if this defense breaks more than it bends... This team's going to lose a lot of games down the stretch. So for me, bend, don't break. Is it sustainable? That's an issue. They've got to improve on some stuff. We'll talk about it. They need to do some tightening up with some very fundamental things. We talked about communication. That's fundamental. Tackling, that's fundamental. Avoiding stupid penalties is fundamental. Discipline is fundamental. You know, you talk about your run gaps and your fits and all that stuff. That's fundamental. they got to tighten that stuff up. They got to tighten that stuff up, so we'll see if they can do that. The one thing that they don't need to tighten up are takeaways. Right now, heading into the weekend's action of Week 9, the Steelers had a plus 8 in that differential. That's fantastic. They've taken the ball away 16 times. So that's great. It's an 8-8 eight and eight split. 8 interceptions, 8 fumble recoveries. The Steelers' defense is doing the job. Can they keep that up? If his eight, look, look at it. It's half of a season. I wouldn't say this is like they got five and two weeks and now it's kind of gone dry. This team seems to be built around that and getting those splash plays. So those takeaways, 
not really an issue, more so can they keep it up. The total yardage, which is kind of what I talked about with the bend don't break, they are currently 30th in the NFL in terms of total yardage. That is just so strange to see the Steelers ranked 30th. That's just so odd. It just doesn't make sense to me. But nonetheless, that's where they are. We're not used to seeing it. And it just comes to, here's what I think about. The bend don't break style. The red zone defense doesn't need fix too much. They're really good. If the defense can tighten up, and they cannot give up all those yards, and the offense improves just a little bit, just a little bit, to the point where it's not three and out, three and out, three and out, okay, finally go and put some points on the board. That if it's, okay, we drive down the field, maybe don't get points, but we flip the field. They're going to have to drive the full length of the field. Or, hey, we're going to put up 10 first quarter points or something crazy like that. You give this team, give this defense a lead, even a little one, holy cow, watch out, folks. That's what I'm saying. There's so much, so many areas to improve upon on the offensive side of the ball, and the defense does need to tighten things up a little bit. But if the offense can get right, the defense follows suit, this team can be really, really tough to beat. Am I saying they're going to make the playoffs? I'm not guaranteeing that. Am I saying that they could really do some damage down the stretch? Yeah, their schedule definitely does lend itself to winning some games. Am I saying that they could make the playoffs, that they could play spoiler? Absolutely, but those things have to be rectified. They have to figure out these issues. Fix it on the fly. You got the mini-buy. That's great. You're going to have another mini-buy in a couple weeks when they play the Patriots on Thursday night. But other than that, you have no bye week anymore. This is not going to be a wholesale change thing. You're going to have to change it on the fly. You're going to have to see improvement all across the board. This team, there are issues. And when you look at all of it, it's not one person. I hope that everyone understands that. When you saw the title of this podcast, it said, Uncovering the Crux which is the basis, the genesis of these issues, it is not one person. It's not It's not Kenny Pickett. It's not Matt Canada. It's not Mike Tomlin or Terrell Austin. It's not injuries to specific players. It's all of it. It's all of it combined. But that means that doesn't mean they can't improve. It doesn't mean they cannot improve. Well, when we get back after this break, we need to talk about the fan base. Yeah, I'm a part of it. I'm a part of the fan base. But what are the issues with the fan base and this Pittsburgh Steelers team? Well, we're going to dive headfirst into that when we come back after this break. Stay tuned. Be right back. fans welcome back i thank you for being patient with me as we waited to have, if you're one of those people you're like i want to hear what he says about the fans like i'm gonna, I'm gonna get him to the fans thank you for listening thank you for sticking around we appreciate it let's talk about the fans like where to begin where to begin with the fans the fans are frustrated i understand that they're frustrated on all fronts before we even talk about specifics i mean because they're frustrated with the front office the coach coaches the players there's a large sentiment of fans. Typically, they are the older fans that, like my father, I'll give you an example. My dad has seen the Steelers win six Super Bowls. He saw them win four Super Bowls in six years in the 1970s. That is remarkable. That, that, that's insane. I mean, he's seen them play in eight Super Bowls. You know how many teams haven't even been to a Super Bowl, let alone won one? You know how many fan bases would kill just to get into the Super Bowl? 
But then when you think about it all, like an overarching perspective here, think about the fact that this team has been around since 1933 and have only played in eight Super Bowls. So there's there's a fan base that's probably about that age that they say it's Super Bowl or bust. If they're not winning a Super Bowl, it's a failed season. I get it. I really do. I honest to God do. But for me, I can't be in that group because I think that growth is evident. I think the growth can happen as you get better and improve. Talked about the issues in the first half. I think that even if this team were to make the playoffs and maybe they win a playoff game, maybe they don't win a playoff game, but they get there, that's still a step in the right direction. And let's hope that we get to that point. But still, there's a lot of fans that are frustrated because it just feels like the bar has been lowered. That all of a sudden, because everyone loves to call him mediocre Mike Tomlin, is going to just play for a non-losing season. Not that that's what he plays for as a coach, but still, you understand what I'm saying. They're afraid that that's kind of bleeding into the fan base. I don't think that is the case. I think people are just realistic that sometimes it takes time. Think about how long it took after the Steelers won their final Super Bowl in 1979 until they won it again, the one for the thumb. It took a long time. Patience is key sometimes, but still, fans... They want change. They want change. I I think that if if I have my finger on the correct pulse of the fan base, the change that they want is not necessarily like, we want this guy fired and this guy sucks, so we want him gone. Yeah, there are people that say that, but I think ultimately it's also they just want the team to win, and they want to do it in a fashion where they're they're just like, man, that was a great win. I mean, that when was the last time anyone has said that? Think about that. When was the last time anyone said Steelers won? Man, that was that was such a great game. I'll go back. Think about uh, the Ben Roethlisberger. Two games come to mind. Both were on Thursday Night Football. One against Carolina, one against Tennessee. One of them was the Dilly Dilly game. If you remember when they had the, the pre-snap call, Dilly Dilly, Dilly Dilly. They blew the doors off of teams. You're like, wow, like that was a, that was a hell of a win. Like that was a great game, great win. It's been a while since we've been able to say that. I understand that, and so they just want the team to play a certain way, and they want to win. But the some, but there's some people out there that I question that they don't really want or care about the success of the team. What they really ultimately care about, they will say that they're a Steelers fan. But what they really, honest to God, care about is they want to be right. They want to be correct. They want to be able to say, ha, told you so. That's There There are people out there like that. There's people out there that want Mike Tomlin to fail miserably because they think he's not the answer. They don't think he's that good of a coach. They don't think that he is has it anymore, whatever it is. And so they want him to fail so they can say, told you, Coach Tomlin is a bum. I've been saying it for years. There's people out there that say that Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett, you know, Kenny Pickett, I watched that guy at Pitt. I knew he wasn't going to be any good. His hands are too small. He's too old coming into the draft. He doesn't have the arm down of someone like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. He can't win in the NFL. Well, as the guy is rattling off wins in the second half of his rookie year, they can't say anything, right? They have to kind of stay quiet. But now, now that Kenny Pickett's not playing well, yeah, I told you so. Yeah, I was right. You were wrong. Have a suck at that. Like, that's some of the stuff that you see. It's also something that I think is really disturbing. For me, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I only care about the success of the team, whether Mike Tomlin's the coach, 
Matt Canada's a coordinator, Terrell Austin, Kenny Pickett, whoever you want to talk about. I I don't care. I want the team to win. I want the team to succeed. I don't care about being right. I typically don't make those demonstrative statements to be right or wrong. I'm just giving my own commentary on what's happening with the team. But so it doesn't matter who you're talking about. For them, it's not about the Steelers. It's not about their success. It's about them and their narratives. Oh, the draft. Some of these people, I swear, I swear to all things holy that there are people that watch the Steelers and they they are they are Steeler fans, but they are bigger NFL draft fans than they are Steeler fans. And what does that even mean? It means that these fans, they view the regular season as nothing more than draft order. Well, when are the Steelers going to be picking? When are they going to when are they going to draft? Oh, yeah, this is great. They keep winning. They're 5-3. and three. This is perfect. Guess what's going to happen? They're going to finish this season 9-8 and eight probably because that's what Mike Tomlin does. And guess what? Steelers will be picking middle of first round next year. They won't get a top-tier t- talent. They won't get a, have an option of a good quarterback to replace Kenny Pickett. And so they're going to be doomed. They're going to be doomed. Screw them. It's, this is what's going to happen, and it's just going to be a continuous cycle. You all may be listening to this somewhere, some way. Do, I don't care how you're listening. And you may say, holy cow. Jeff is losing it. I am not. Maybe you just don't see what I see on social media, comment sections, threads like that. I see it everywhere I go. Facebook, our Facebook page. It now has like over almost 19,000 followers. You see the comments. They're there. Those people exist. They're not bots. They're not, they are real people. Twitter, Instagram, it doesn't matter. Now that everyone has a voice, I get to see what these people's opinions are, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, do they really like the Steelers? Do these people really enjoy watching this team play? Like, I dread the offseason because it's so long, and there's some people that it's just like, they, they want to wash it away because they, they're more interested about the draft because they will ultimately want to be able to say that, you know, I said back in 2021 that in the second round they should have taken Creed Humphrey instead of Pat Fryermuth. I was saying it at the time. I was saying it before the time. I said it right after they made the pick. And they just want to stand on their soapbox and say, look at me, I was right. I don't get that. I just don't get it. I really don't. I mean, if they would have drafted Creed Humphrey, fantastic. If they they took Pat Fryermuth, obviously. Has it worked out? That's to be determined. The one thing that I kind of want to hopefully resonates with everyone here is can't we just root for the Steelers? Not draft picks, not for anyone to have a losing season like Mike Tomlin for the first time to end that streak. Can't we just say like, hey, this team might have some issues. Jeff just spent 16 minutes roughly in the first half talking about that in this podcast. They might have some issues, but I'll tell you what, they could also put it together. They could also put it together. Like look at last season as a prime example. And I don't go back to Ben Roethlisberger days because he was a franchise quarterback and it just doesn't it doesn't correlate for me. So go back to last season and what the C, the Steelers did with Kenny Pickett at the helm in the second half of the season. They started to put it together, started to play good football at the end of the season. It is possible, and yet I still feel like there's some people out there in this fan base, some, let me make that crystal clear, some, not all, There is a stark difference between the two that some fans, not all, they are just so, I guess they're angry. I guess they're frustrated. I know they want to see a better product, but the way that they're going about it, I just don't, I I can't get on board with that. 
I'm a, I'm a guy that's super optimistic. You know that if you're listening to this podcast, I can't pick against the Steelers. I just always find a way in my head to think that they're going to win. So therefore, I can never once say like, oh, they should just lose all their games. And if, again, if you're thinking, Jeff, people don't say that. They do. They do. You could ask Dave Schofield. You could ask Brian Davis because we do the most shows out of anyone. And they see these comments in the live chat. The people pop in. It is real. So what are the issues amongst the fan base? I think that we all just got to support the team. We all have to say that, look, you might not like Kenny Pickett. And you might not like think that he's the answer. But that's the quarterback right now. You know, Bubby Brister, when he was the quarterback, I doubt there were many people that said, yeah, Bubby, he's our guy. That's the next franchise quarterback. No. But they also said, let's, let's see what this guy can do. When Cordell Stewart was the quarterback, a lot of us said, ah, that guy's slash was awesome. Cordell, the quarterback, not so much. Even Tommy Maddox. Let's go back to the Tommy Gunn era, 2001, 2002. That team was, wow, was it, it was off the wall crazy. There's ups and there's downs and there's ties and there's crazy wins. And it was just all, we all were behind Tommy Gunn though. We knew Tommy Maddox wasn't the answer the long term, but we love the hell out of the guy because he was the quarterback right now. So Kenny Pickett is the quarterback right now. So let's support the hell out of the guy and let's see what he can do. Tommy Maddox ends up getting replaced by Ben Roethlisberger. Could Kenny Pickett get replaced in two years? He absolutely could. But we don't know what happens two years down the road. No one does. So we just have to take it at face value. And right now that face value is Kenny Pickett is the quarterback. So let's try something different. We talk all the time about how the team can change, the issues with the team. We talked about that in the first half. In the second half for the fans, maybe we can change too. And maybe we can say, look, we want the team to win. If they don't play well, we can definitely call them out for not playing well. But maybe we can root for all the players to succeed because therefore the team's going to succeed and that's what we ultimately want. Okay, I'm going to get off my soapbox now. This was very, very therapeutic for me, and I thank you all for following along. Look, I know that there was a Victory Monday swag giveaway on Friday. Look, a lot of y'all can't follow rules, so I'm going to retweet it today. I'll announce that on Wednesday. But some of y'all need to understand, like, hey, you had to follow Steel Curtain Network, follow Fans First Sports Network, and you had to tag some fans in the comments. Do your job. Follow the rules. I mean, we had a lot of retweets and stuff. I'll retweet it. And we'll put it out there again. Follow the rules, and there you go. Enter yourself into getting a free shirt somewhere from the Steel Curtain Network store. That does it for me. I hope you all have a great start to your week. The Steelers were winners in week nine. That's the best thing about this. Now we got to get ready for week 10. The Green Bay Packers coming to Acrisure Stadium. The end of this three-game homestand should be exciting. Watch that Packers game a little bit against the LA Rams. Very winnable game for the Steelers. We'll see how it pans out. Make sure you stay tuned to SteelCurtainNetwork.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs, as well as make sure you're just listening to all of our podcasts. Really good stuff. And also on the Fans First Sports Network NFL feed, just go to FFSN NFL. You'll get my NFL whip around with Kevin Smith, my Fans First Football Show with Rob Stats Guerrera every Monday, Monday morning, which hits the audio feed about noon. Go check it out. You'll love it. I guarantee it. Don't forget all this great stuff. And you know how we finish it out. Be safe. Be kind and God bless. Have a great start to your week. We'll see you on Wednesday. Let's do it.